This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Got Eric with me. How are you, Eric? I'm doing fantastic. We have a exciting episode today of the Hersey Hobby Wagon, in which I'll um, you'll be getting in the passenger side. Um, we'll be entering the car here shortly, and Excellent. you'll be digging deep back in the the hatch space, and you'll be pulling out something you'd like to discuss today. So why don't we enter the the wagon right now, Todd? Seat belts. Classic doors here. Yes. Um, well, I mean, if you want to put the seatbelt on, that's fine. We're we're just sitting in the car. All right, go ahead and reach back, Todd, and let's grab that. Grab whatever you plan on talking about today. Well, okay, here we go. Uh, this is this is an easy one. Here we go. This is this this, my friend, is a magic card. Ooh. And, and and not not like magic tricks and prestidigitation and you know abracadabra and stuff, but magic the gathering. Um is a, a collectible card game from from my youth and you'll notice that unlike normal hobby wagon type situations to where there's a large box or massive collection of things i i have a single card in my hand mm, eric okay which all right which, you know you you may ask yourself is this is this specific card particularly special and the answer is no this is this is an island this is one of the most common cards in the game Okay. This, this this in and of itself has has almost no value whatsoever, but what it represents, Eric, is the, is the important thing here. It is it is a game that I've enjoyed pretty much since its inception in 1993. Okay. I was not I was not one of the earliest adopters. I, I was actually a little slow to decide to enjoy the game, but once I once I did go there, I went all in and collected cards like a mother. And had a crap ton of them to the point to where in Florida I had three or four giant boxes of them. I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever been to like like a comic book store or collectible shop where they have mm-hmm. like the the big cardboard boxes of trading cards where they they're sure they've got like about a foot and a half by a foot and a half square and they've got like six like rows in there and the cards are all set up on end. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I was a uh, I was a sports trading card guy, so I've seen well, that's, many that's, of these. Yes, I, I figured there was some common ground there. So I probably had about four of those, chock full of magic cards, at one point, and then I left Florida and got divorced and did not have the freight space to bring them all with, and it was sad because it was it was a collection I'd curated over. Oh boy, at that point it probably would have been. That would, I mean, years. that would have been that. I mean, that would have been that would have been like 2007. So, yeah, it's a long uh, time. Yeah. 25 years. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty serious, and it was sad. And then there were many years where I did not play because after you've had that mm-hmm. kind of collection, you, you you don't necessarily want to spend that money and get back into something like whatever. And then one day at work, a bunch of a bunch of the fellows at work were playing. I was like, eh, I'll try. It. Uh, sure, I'll I'll get I'll I'll, I'll pick up a deck or two and now here i am i I have four giant boxes the same size and then some of those cards Mm. i've i have re 
redone the collection. But this island uh, that I have in my hand, yeah. Eric, that's one of the originals. It, it must oh, okay. have fallen out amongst them and and wedged itself in amongst the rest of the the hobby wagon collectibles, and that's why this is this is still here amongst us. Ah, uh, well, I'm glad you could pull that one out. Now I have questions because I've yet I've never played Magic. I'm very familiar with Magic in many different levels. Like it's been Geez, I guess I probably, if you got it in 93, I've been aware of it since 93, because I'm sure that was about the time you took me to a couple card conventions, and I'm sure they were probably there, and you were probably buying some and, and so forth. But I guess I am honestly clueless in terms of what the hell Magic the Gathering is. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> Well, that's fair. You might have to give uh, me a general overview of how it works. Like, what is the, and maybe a minute or two, description of like how gameplay is because i'm sure it can get very detailed but for the common person like myself your elevator pitch of what the hell do you do in magic the gathering so i will i will do my best because yeah there's Mm. i mean there's like 30 30 years of of experience of cards and all this and yeah well we'll do the rockefeller center elevator pitch so we'll go to the top (laughs) of the, the rock all right okay so the basic premise of magic the gathering is that you are a wizard and all the cards that you have represent the spells that you can cast and the creatures that you can summon and the, the, the magical energies that you can tap into to cast these spells. And so you, you, you are what they call a planeswalker, which is a kind of wizard that you know, goes from plane to plane, summoning creatures and whatever. And your, your opponent is also a planeswalker and you're, you're, you're having a duel between two wizards. That, that is the, the premise of the game. Okay. Uh, unlike when you play Uno, where there's like a deck of cards that gets dealt out to everybody and everybody draws from, uh, one of the distinguishing factors of Magic the Gathering and in most collectible card games is that everyone brings their own deck of cards. You have okay. Your, your, your own deck. And unlike, like, oh, we're going to play, you know, this game, everybody bring a deck of cards and it's everybody, you know, brings the same, you know, ace through king and four suits deck of cards everybody's deck is different and and custom built like you decide what cards go in what cards don't like one of the intrinsic pieces of magic at the gathering is literally stacking your own deck okay um that's where a lot of the strategy comes in that's where a lot of the fun is and that's really where the collectible portion of it of it comes into play because like i said when you go and buy a deck of a deck of magic cards it's not like buying a, a normal deck of playing cards where you know what you're getting it's it's a randomized assortment from you know it's kind of like buying sports cards you know yeah, it, it, yeah. it's a matter of you you know where you don't yeah. play with sports cards like you don't play games like you just try to collect to have the whole deck in this case it's a combination of the two which is kind of brilliant by their inventors because oh yeah, the you're trying to get rare is, cards. Okay. So you 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 get you you buy booster packs. Generally, uh-huh. I mean, there are all kinds of different ways you can get them, but the most common is is what they call a booster pack, and it's a pack of 15 cards, of which there is one rare, three uncommons, and the rest are are common cards. Sure. And you know, obviously, the rares are more scarce, harder to get. They tend to be more powerful, like as far as the game rules and the, the effect that they have. In the game, they tend to be more powerful, and uncommons are slightly less so. And commons are—they're good. You, I mean, you need them; they're—they're they're good stuff. But, and I guess that's the other thing is that every card is different and kind of adds to the rules. You know, if you're if you're playing poker, 
right? Okay. I mean, all all the cards are different. You got a two of spades. You got a three of clubs. You got a you know sure. a, a seven a seven of hearts. Like they're all different. That's fine. You know, and they do mean different things. Like face cards do mean different than you know whatever. But like if you're playing go fish, you know, do you have a two? You you need that. You need a two of any sort. But that's mm-hmm. really no different than saying do you have do you have a five? And somebody gives you, sure. you know, a five, you know, in this one, like, okay, if I put this card down, it is a lightning bolt and it does three damage to you. If I put this card down, it's going to summon a goblin creature. If I put this card down, it's going to, you know, give me extra mana to cast my next spell. Like every card does something different. And there are at this point, literally thousands of different cards and they all, you know, have, have really sweet art on them. And then they've got, you know, the rules on them. So what cards you have and what cards you put in your deck really determines what your strategy and your play style will be, which is another thing that just gives it a, it makes it a very dynamic experience. You know, if you're, you're playing against somebody that you, you play against all the time, you know, you're, you're using your, the deck you normally play with, they're playing the deck they normally play with. It's, it's a very familiar game. You know what they have, you you kind of mentally plan for what might be coming okay you sit you sit down to play against somebody new you have no idea what they're coming at you with <laughs> okay it's a long elevator ride and i i can keep going but does that kind of give you sort of the basics of why this yeah is i think different so or, or do you sure. have more questions on that that i can clarify for you well we'll probably have to get into more questions um <laughs> Just in general, because it's right now, I, I get it. I mean, it's so it's a wizard's duel. I didn't realize that at any point in time, but I'm excited to hear that. So I guess Magic the Gathering gets kind of clumped up with like the role playing games um, in, in the common folks mind, like myself, you would say D&D Magic the Gathering. I'm sure there's a common demographic, but is there really oh, yeah. a common strategy? I mean, like it's not the same by by any means. You're not really role playing at all in this. This is more of like no. an actual board game. Like this is it, more of like it's tactics and you're, it, you know, it'd be like risk or something like that, where like you're creating a strategy. It's a lot more like people who are serious in, into poker. Yeah. Like people who go to the casino or like the world series, like it's, it's more of that kind of a game than it is like dungeons and dragons or, or any, cause you're not playing a role. Like you're, you're right. It probably does get clumped in with those and you buy the cards at comic book or role-playing game store. <laughs> like, there is definitely a crossover in the fandoms, for sure. But the mm-hmm. games themselves are not anything remotely alike. And and really, back way back in the day, if I'm allowed to go kick into the back-in-the-day type comments, sure. when Magic first came on scene, there was actually a lot of hesitation amongst a lot of the role-playing game gamers. Something of a... I don't know if rivalry is the right word. It wasn't really a hardcore conflict. There was some static between the dice chuckers who were the mm. uh, the role playing okay. game guys and the card floppers who were the the collectible card game people. And I don't know what it is other than let's be honest, angsty white men of a certain age just liking like the same reason the Star Wars fandom is so toxic. Like, sure. People just dig their heels in in their little area and refuse to have reason or or open their eyes or be open minded. It was that kind of a thing, to where like the RPG guys were all like, "Oh, this isn't, this isn't gaming. This is this is card nonsense, and it's all just a cash grab to you know get you know for these these cards." And you know all the card guys were like, "No, this is actually a lot of fun, and 
has a lot of strategy and you guys just only want to ever roll like like it was a weird rivalry situation that I personally never got into but it was it was weird in the early stages convincing people to play magic because I guess that's the other thing back in the early days like you you'd buy what they call starter decks which was mm-hmm. a 60 which was a 60 card deck of cards that like I said was was random you could expect a certain number of rares, uncommons, and commons. There was a proportion that I honestly can't remember at this point. Other than that, it could be any cards within a particular set. And I guess to, to take a quick side note, like they came out with the original set, which I think was like 300 and some cards. Okay. And they're split up into basically six groups. Like your normal deck cards, you know, you've got hearts, clubs, spades, diamonds, right? Yeah. Well, in Magic, it's done by color. So okay. The, the white cards were all like healing and defensive cards. And they had sort of a generally, you know, good guy, holy kind of the artwork and stuff like the, the sort of theme of white magic was like protective health, holy magic, right? Green was all like magic of nature. And there were a lot of a lot of creatures, a lot of beasts, a lot of elves and forest creatures and, and had some healing and and you know good stuff but it was all sort of nature based blue magic was more like elemental it was like air and water and like a lot of sort of metagame stuff like a lot of counter spells like you go to play your card and i can play this blue card and counter your spell you know your your card you're playing like a lot of illusions and stuff like that black magic was all skeletons and zombies and necromancy and evil and and you know stuff like that sure and then and then red magic was chaos magic fire and earth and you know fire elementals and dragons and it was just very very hostile very aggressive a lot of a lot of direct damage dealing kind of stuff and then there was a and then there was a class of cards called artifacts that could be used by any because what you do is when you build your deck you kind of have to pick a color or two because the way that you get the currency to cast your spells is from these lands. Like that island I picked up, you mm-hmm. needed those to, in order to cast blue magic. So you normally picked a Keller or two to play. And then you put those lands in and then you could cast your spells. And if you only played with one Keller, it was real easy because you would always get, you know, whenever you draw a card, there was a good chance of you getting that land that you needed. That was the right color for the spells you need because you only had one color in your deck. If you went with a two color deck, you had a little more versatility, but you had a rougher time getting the resources you need as quickly. Like you could play with all five colors, but it's rough because then gotcha. you need to find all five land types at some point, or you're going to end up, you know, if you got a handful of red and black cards, but the only lands you have out are white and green, you can't do anything. Yeah, no. so it's a strategy in, in terms of how you're going to build that deck to see what you're going to use. And, and yeah. you kind of learn, as you, not necessarily as you go, but like you start realizing that there are strategies against different people that could probably uh, advance and help you win. You know, if, Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, and there were cards that were specifically for that. Like if you were playing a, a blue deck mm-hmm. and you were playing up against somebody who was playing a red deck, like there are cards that were like, cast this to cancel any red spell. And so, like, back in the day, I played pretty heavily with blue. And whenever I went up against somebody playing red, like, I would just piss them off. Because they were like, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, no, you're not. Click. And, hmm. you know. And, and then they did not want to play with you anymore. Right? Oh, no. Uh, that's just, that's just, 
Well, that's the thing. Like that just made you want to tweak your deck and switch things out and make it better so that you could go back and play that person and then beat them. Like it was, it was yeah. very good. But no, that's like that I said, makes sense. But like I said, back in the day, you'd get this deck of sixty cards. And it was a random mix. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you, you you play blue magic? Here's a deck of 60 blue cards. No, it was a random mix of anything. So, like, you... And that's where the cash grab came in. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Because, <laughs> that's like, where... like, you can't... You could not just buy a starter deck and your buddy buy a starter deck and just play. Like, I guess technically you could, but it would not be a fun game. Like, you kind of yeah. need to buy a few of them so that you build up a certain stock of cards so that you have enough to pick from to then reassemble into a usable deck. Like yeah. when I first got, I bought two starter decks and cracked them all open. And like, I did not have enough red cards amongst those two to even make it worth the while to even try to play red. Cause I bought two starter decks and split them out and sorted them all out and made two, you know, like combined them together to make two different decks mm -hmm. so that me and my buddy could play. Cause like in my group, I was the first person to have gotten any. Like, no one else that I knew played with them. Like, I'm like, this looks pretty cool. You know, the art's awesome. It seems fun. We'll try this out. And so, yeah, you kind of had to... There was a certain amount of pay-to-play going on. Because for, in order for you to get decent enough cards, even for friendly games amongst yourselves, you kind of needed to have a bit of a buy-in. And if you yeah. were trying to play with other people and have it be fun and competitive, you definitely... Like, there were points where I got a little disillusioned with it because, I mean, nowadays you can go online and just buy cards, like not packs, like people will, you know, buy boxes, sell boosters, open sure. them up and sell them individual. And like yeah. you can go online nowadays and people have been like, OK, here's here's a deck list. Here's a list of all the cards that I put in this deck and it's pretty awesome. And here's how it works. Here are some of the cool combos, whatever. Oh, and sure. there are and there are people that are called net deckers because they'll go on the Internet, find a, a deck list of the cards to go into a deck and then just head to one of these sites and just buy all those cards. Like they're not, they're not buying packs. They're not collecting. They're not devising their own strategies. They're like, you know, okay, here, I'm going to just buy all these put, you know, when they show up in the mail, shuffle them together and go play. And if you're a person who has spent the time and energy to know what the cards are and what, the hard way, so to speak. And then, you know, you've put that deck in, like, that's the thing you've built. There's some pride in that. Sure. And if you and if you sit down and play someone who, oh yeah, I spent ten minutes online looking at who was who won the last tournament, and then just you know, a few clicks on eBay and I got their deck and I just stomped your face with it. It's like, well, okay. I mean, yeah, you did, but not. I don't know. Like, you know what no. I mean? Like, you know, no, I get you. I understand. It's that's. Uh... I I kind of liken it to you know you you can you can win the competition and get the trophy you know you can I, I don't know be be the best cross country runner there is and have a wall mm -hmm. full of trophies you know i can go down to the trophy shop and buy a trophy and have them yeah. engrave a plaque to put my name on it you know like it's that kind of thing no no i get you <laughs> i mean there's a lot of scenarios in life where you see that kind of stuff and i think there's just a the fact of there's some pride and or something to be said about the journey of getting there. Like you have to put the time yeah. in and the work in, you know? Uh, so I can understand where that would be super frustrating, but then you kind of align yourself with the people that are like-minded, you know, we've had many discussions that, <laughs> that my, my competitive balance doesn't always mesh with everyone else's because <laughs> I'm, you know, what if I, I'm dangerous or whatever you in your gaming world? I can't remember what you say, but there's, you know, you just have to get with the like-minded people 
So yeah. if everybody that you're playing with is necessarily about building their own deck and trying their own things and kind of staying away from the cheap hacks online, then that would be good. Uh, yeah. But, you know, and then that would just choose if you're going to go do tournaments or whatever, which which brings me to how many people do you need to play? How many is there a limit? Is it like a matter of you need? Obviously, I would imagine you at least need two people. But like, can you get? You know, where's the max at or what or are there tournaments or how is gameplay in terms of who and what and where and how? Gotcha. So the game is designed for for them to be duels. So one player versus another player. OK, there are multiplayer variants that have arisen over time. One of the, the more popular ones that that's now that's officially sanctioned now is called Commander. And the rules for that are slightly different than your typical magic duel. But you can play that with multiple people simultaneously and you're all fighting sort of each other. Like there are a whole bunch of different variations for multiplayer that you can do that are pretty fun that, that I've enjoyed. But the, the, the base game, the, the, the core concept of the game is one person versus another person. And yeah, there absolutely are tournaments. I've, I've gone to a couple and yeah, they, they set them up you know, with, with sort of a, you know, first round, second round, third round, you know, and pairing off. I don't know much about brackets and how tournaments work. I feel like the, the, the term Swiss style has been brought up. I don't know exactly what that means, but <laughs> nor do I, the way, the way they, the way they do the math after the rounds to pair up the next group, whatever, like, I don't know. The organizers have a computer somewhere. <laughs> and once you, you know, when you, when you sit down to play each match is best two out of three, against that particular person and then you go tell the judge hey yeah here's here i here's here's who i am here's my my number and here's the win loss for that and they put it all into a computer and tell you what the next matches are like i don't i don't know behind this behind the scenes you know well, how they make that particular sausage that's all right it's, it's a, a little high level it's a yeah it's a series of best two out of threes i've been to local ones at the local either game store or comic book shop or whatever but it's like there was a pro magic circuit there i don't know if it's still happening oh my but for a while there oh no people were making some serious serious money playing magic that which that that would just be fantastic like if if i were to a point where i could say yeah i play i play this game professionally uh that that bought me my my house like yeah that's pretty legit um yeah I think that's when you would get into the professional decks and people buying stuff like that, right? You know, like I'm I'm assuming that's who they're stealing their information off of these. Oh yeah, well that's that's the thing. Like you you see who's in who's in these you know national tournaments or international tournaments, and they list out here are the cards that they used, and you know, Joe Schmo from down the corner goes, oh well, cool, I'll get to buy all those and then I'll be awesome. And yeah, you'll have some decent cards and you'll spend a decent amount of money, but that also doesn't necessarily mean you're winning. I'm not super great, but like all of my decks are decks that like I've collected the card and just, you know, put that to like, oh, I think this will, these will be good combos. I will, I will build the deck this way and gone up against people like this deck has beaten everybody in the world. Well, it didn't beat me because I'm actually better at this game. Uh, so <laughs> that's know, sort of a thing. So you, absolutely. You, get, you, get a, you get a little bit of smug satisfaction. Out of that. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> now, one thing that I've always thought, and I, I have a little bit of experience with this, not with actual playing. I don't think we've ever played, but uh, my oldest son uh, was in a Pokemon phase where we bought tons mm-hmm. of Pokemon, which came first, Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, and how closely related are they, if you're aware? Uh, Magic the Gathering came first. It was the okay. original collectible card game. 
when Magic came out, it was very, very successful, very popular. They they could not keep the the cards in in stores. Like I remember as a teenager, my girlfriend and I traveling great distances to game stores, comic shops, coin and hobby stores to try and just find magic cards for sale. And, you know, that 15 card booster that generally retailed for eh, $2.50, you would pay six, seven, eight dollars for because they were so scarce. It exploded. And so because of that, a whole lot of other companies were like, hey, let's get in on this action. And so there was kind of an explosion of collectible card games. Gotcha. So and Pokemon that's... came after. Now, Pokemon was also very successful. And, I, and I'm and i hesitant to position it as, oh, it was a wannabe. Because they they were very successful. Like, they did their thing. Like, yes, Magic They had a different first, demographic. I'm not, I'm not saying that they were necessarily copycatting either. But, yeah, they, had, they, were, they were geared towards the younger folk and different folk. Like... Magic the Gathering was always very epic fantasy. Like, it's real easy for people to get the connection between it and Dungeons and Dragons. Because you look at a pack of Magic cards and they're, you know, goblins and dragons and demons and stuff. Like, it's very, if you're playing this, you're probably one of those nerds. You know what I mean? Whereas Pokemon was a little more kid-friendly, a little more, it had the combo of younger folks or people who are maybe more into like anime sort of a thing like mm-hmm. it is a different de- demographic that oh absolutely I, and a demographic that probably would not have gotten into magic at least not uh, you know n- sure. necessarily initially well they're getting um, them earlier so if you enjoy that oh yeah then there's a good possibility that you would bleed over at some point in time if you want more oh. of an adult game or they just play pokemon you know i yeah. guess yeah either way yeah but i mean I, i've never actually played pokemon just because no. I'm already spending money hand over fist for these little pieces of cardboard. I'm not going to jump into a different <laughs> collecting phase of trying to get all the all the different Pokemon cards. But my yeah. understanding is it's generally the same sort of a thing. You acquire resources and spend those to put out little critters that you then use to fight your opponent. Like I don't I, I've like I said, I've never played. I've seen the cards. I've known like Hunter was into it my daughter was a big fan of pokemon although i don't know how much of a fan young rebecca was in the actual cards or playing it and more like i know a lot of people who enjoy pokemon for the concept like they've played the video games or they've seen the cartoon or they've enjoyed you know the pokemon go thing on their phone that may very well have never actually held a pokemon card which again i'm sure is is fine and good and props to the folks who marketed pokemon you know what i mean but I've never played the game, but from what I do know of it, it is it is similar in that you you collect your cards, you make your own deck. The the play style is is very similar in you know the strategy and so forth. So, yeah, hats off to Pokemon. Yeah, no, no, true, true, true. Well, I mean, it, well, I know that you can't catch them all in Pokemon because there's about a million different cards and so forth. Is that oh, the yeah. same with Magic? I'm assuming the you know, oh, the abundance yeah. of cards. It's not a matter of trying to collect them all because that's just not going to happen. It's just a matter I, of create the best decks you possibly can. Is that? Yeah. Well, and 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 so, like I said, they, they originally came out with an original set that was like 300 cards. And they reprinted that a few times. And it was like the, basically the fourth reprint is when I got involved. Like I said, I wasn't necessarily the first people prefer. I was the first person in my group to get magic, but magic had been out for a little while 
by that sure. point. And then in the early years, like once a year, they would release a new set of like anywhere from 100 to 300 new cards. Some of them were reprintable ones, maybe with new art, but like a lot of them were new cards with new art and new rules. And, you know, it was an expansion and you can buy those cards and mix them in with your old cards and just move forward. And they went like that for years. <laughs> and then they got to a point to where they would come out with a new because like you couldn't just buy the expansions and play with those like you had to still have some cards from the base set in order to play and you could sort of enhance it with the expansions. Okay. And then they came up with a situation where once a year they would release a, a whole new base set that was different cards from the original set, but that basic, that core expansion had sufficient cards to where you could just like, you didn't have to go buy a pack of cards that existed in 1993. Like, so, so people could, you know, there was a new starter set, like basically every year. And then they would have expansions for that. And they ended up being in blocks to where once a year you'd get a like 300 card base set. And then three different 100, 150 card expansions per year. And they had that going for like a decade or so. Like nowadays they kind of eased up on the, the speed on that one. One or two expansions a year that are pretty decent. The most recent expansion is actually a crossover from Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's the same company uh -huh. <laughs> that, that yeah. produces those things. Okay. And so, yeah, it's Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which is a, a Dungeons and Dragons area. And now they have magic cards that represent those. Um, and I think there's like 300 and some cards in that set that I just got. And yeah, I can, you know, I can take cards from this new set and play them against cards from 1993 if I wanted to. Um, or you can mix and match any number of the thousands of cards in between. Which is which is pretty nifty. Yeah, like no, that's yeah, that's um a bit intimidating, but uh, pretty nifty in terms of you can have unlimited options. It seems like, um, yeah. So that that's pretty 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 fantastic. Well, Todd, I think uh, we've hammered out much of the details, or at least Magic: The Gathering 101, a brief history and yeah. kind of some gameplay. So, um, well, I feel like I may have rambled about this in some of the earlier crappy audio quality episodes back in the day. You might have talked like, about different aspects of Magic Gathering. Yeah. You might have, uh, you know, because it does ring a bell to me. So so we'll throw those in show notes, I'm sure. Yeah. But if not, yeah. then you'll just have to dig through the archives and listen for yourself. <laughs> Indeed. But I appreciate so that, I appreciate you grabbing that card. It was a nice little, uh, it was a very nice elevator ride to the top of the, the Rockefeller Center. Now, <laughs> now we're going to throw the card um, off the top and see how much speed it can, you know, can take and see if it can slice somebody in half by the time it gets to the bottom. Is that, is that like possible? That's, uh, right. There's only one way to find out, Eric. Let's, let's do it. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Good, good stuff. Thank you listeners. Hope, hopefully you enjoyed that. And, and until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas, you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. 
Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Boom. Now let's kill somebody with this card. That's it. Take them down. It's funny that we went from a hobby wagon. Now we're in the Rockefeller Center. I don't know how yeah, this works. I don't, know, I don't know how that worked, but it's obvious. I think we took the flying Omni. That's the problem. The thing we, we uh, switched up cars.